Bible and let's go back into the book of Daniel. We've been dealing with Daniel for quite some time. We're in the sixth chapter. And I pray tonight that God might give us some other things that we hadn't seen that we might see tonight. We'll, I don't know where we'll finish the sixth chapter tonight, but I'm going to try to. If I don't, we'll at least have one more time on it. How many divisions are in, in the book of Daniel? I think you said it first. Everybody said it first, but I couldn't hardly hear it. Uh, two two divisions, and uh, how many chapters is in Daniel? Twelve. And uh, so the first division is where? Chapter one through six, and the second division is in seven through twelve. First division deals with what? Historical one thing and miracles. And then the second one, the second division from 7 through 12 deals with what? Prophecy. So when we finish the first six chapters, or at least when we try to finish the one I'm on tonight, we'll be moving into prophecy where Daniel, and by the way, he is a prophet. Amen. Because there's no, no sign given but the prophet Jonah. Remember that? And then the Daniel is mentioned in another place. So Daniel, Job, and Ezekiel are those tonight who uh, have been classified in the same boat. So looking at this tonight, we want to look at it. Uh, how many miracles are in the first six chapters? You, uh, could you name them if I ask you to? I wouldn't expect you to right now. Because I haven't gone through them. But how many chapters of the first six chapters has a miracle in it? Six of them. All six of them. I'm going to give them to you tonight. Well, we hadn't, I haven't preached this. I've just give you, uh, you know, some, and I just keep digging a little deeper and giving you some things. I'm going to be mentioning some things tonight that you haven't probably heard. And uh, maybe you've studied it. Maybe someone has told you down the road. But uh, I appreciate the new things. Now, when I preached and studied the Word of God, I studied as a whole. Then I studied his sentences. And that's when I start reading between the lines. And then uh, I studied in words. And that's when I... Amen. Break down the sentences and, and start reading between uh, the words and get a thought. And I'm not talking about something that's not there. I'm talking about what's there. And uh, I hadn't broken it down yet to study by letters. I have studied some letters. But amen. I think I got enough already reading between the lines and getting into the words. I don't want to get between all that other. It may, man, we might get more than we need. But I want to look at tonight the last miracle. We're going to be looking at it tonight. We've done been looking at it. We just hadn't mentioned it. But it's in the sixth chapter. I want you to go back and, and let's look together. I want to bring this together to get you to see it. And then we're going to read something. And then I'm going to bring you some thoughts. And I pray tonight that the Lord might help us. Uh, going back to chapter number 1, if you want to know what the miracle is in chapter 1. 
And you probably can, if anybody wants to guess, you can guess at it right now. What's the miracle that happened in chapter 1? Daniel said, I'm not going to eat the king's meat nor drink the king's wine. But I purpose in my heart to not be defiled with it. He said, put us on test and we'll take the pulse for 10 days. And if we're not any better, then you can put us back on the king's rations. But verse number 20, here's the miracle in chapter 1. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. You see that? God dealt with their diet. Now why did God deal with their diet? Because that's the type He's trying to show you that the child of God has to be concerned about his diet. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about going on lettuce and tomatoes and getting off of meat and all that. I'm talking about God when he puts somebody in service. He wants them to live holy, sanctified, dedicated, consecrated. And that's where he was showing this in chapter 1 to get his spiritual life into shape. Started that in chapter 1. First miracle is showing the spiritual needs of the person of God. Got it? All right, now we go to chapter number 2. You remember the chapter number 2? I don't know what you know about chapter number 2. We've gone through it, preached several messages off of it. But there was the miracle in the second chapter of Nebuchadnezzar's dream that he could not remember the dream and he did not know the interpretation. And the miracle was that Daniel asked him to go let them pray in chapter number 2. Amen. I believe it's verse 18 that they would desire mercies of, of the God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should never perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. That's what he prayed. Daniel was given the, given the dream. That is a miracle. I don't even ask me tonight to try to tell, me, uh, tell you what you dreamed. I can't remember my dreams. Amen. Have you ever dreamed one and couldn't remember it? You say, I got up this morning and I had a dream last night. It was such a dream. It, you even, it had changed your life when you got up, but you could not remember what the dream was. So God gave that to Daniel. Daniel gave the answer, second miracle, chapter 2. In the third miracles, chapter number 3, we find it's the chapter of the burning, fiery furnace. They heated it seven times hotter. And the Hebrew children were thrown in. Can you tell me why they were thrown in it? Wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, and they wouldn't burn to the image. 
Amen. That's how we need to study the Bible. We need to find these things and, and we can remember them from our mind what's happened. That's chapter number three. That was a miracle. The Bible said when they come out, their clothes did not smell with smoke. The only thing that the fire burned off of them was what the world had put on them. They had bound them. And they came out loosed. Now can you imagine? That's a miracle that God would burn the binding off the hands of the men or the feet if they were tied that way. And they didn't have no binding but the fire got them loose. Heated up seven times hotter. Seven's God's perfect number. Got it up just to God's temperature. Amen. Right? All right, that's the chapter number three. When we get to chapter number four, we find that there is another dream. Amen. And that dream is revealed in chapter number four. And that dream is brought uh, to pass and revealed. And Daniel was able to give them the interpretation of that dream Amen. In chapter 4, this is where Nebuchadnezzar, you know, was there. And he was put out in the field to eat grass like an oxen. Had the dews of heaven and his nails became like feathers. Amen. And so we will see that's a miracle, right? Uh, a lot of times about the only thing anybody gets out of the book of Daniel by the way, is the fiery furnace and the line, or den of lions. Kids in town, if you ask them today, and uh, said, can you tell me the key parts of the book of Daniel? They'd say, uh, the fiery furnace and the lion's den. That's the way they'd say it. Now remember how I just said it to you. It's important. And so we'll find that that miracle took place and how that God restored Nebuchadnezzar when he what? Repented. And he recognized that God was all God. Amen. And then we come to the next one, which is chapter 5. And chapter 5 is another miracle. And that's a handwriting on the wall. Belteshazzar. Or Belshazzar, not Belteshazzar is Daniel. But Belshazzar saw the handwriting on the wall. And the man of God, Daniel, explained that. And told him he has been weighed in the balances and found wanting. And his kingdom was just about over. And matter of fact, it wasn't over. You'll find in verse number 30 in chapter number 5. In that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain. God cut him loose and cut him free. Amen. Miracle number five. Well, there's more miracles in them. But I'm telling you there's miracles in every chapter. Now in chapter number six we find tonight that Daniel's been put in the den of lions. We'll pay attention to that in just a minute. And God delivered him from the den of lions. Now let's read for our text tonight. I know I took a little long in that. 
But now we want to go back and look at some other stuff. And I pray tonight that it might help you. These are things that I like and I'm interested in studying them. Now tonight we want to go back to chapter 6. You got your Bible? And let's go to verse 18. This will be our text. Our text tonight will be verse number 18 down through verse number 24 at least. And here's what it says. Then the king went to his palace, that's where he lives, and passed the night fasting. Amen. That's something when, when the man of God can uh, be faithful enough to God that the world is fasting. God's people, it's a normal thing or a constant thing or a known thing. Not practice much. Amen. If I ask you tonight, how many of you fast a little here and there? I wouldn't want you to brag about it no how. But I, would, I can answer it for you before you get there. I'll tell you two things that you're going to notice something out of every individual tonight. Two things every church can tell what you do. They can tell whether you pray and then tell where you fast. Matter of fact, I'm going to say it a different way tonight. I don't think you caught it. They can tell if you don't pray and they can tell if you don't fast. If some of you told me tonight you prayed constant, I wouldn't believe you. I'd say you don't know how to pray. If some of you told you, some of you told me that you fasted all the time, I'd say you're lying. Because when you pray on a constant basis, and you fast on a constant basis, your life is as much difference as daylight and dark to the world. How many says amen? I didn't get nothing much. Amen. amen. You stay in God's living room, bowed at His feet, praying, seeking the face of God, and when you go to down to the grocery store, they're going to know you've been somewhere. Understand what I'm saying tonight? I feel ashamed when I go out in the public sometimes and I ain't prayed up and fasted up. You know why the devil puts us, wraps us around his little finger and twists our mind and warps our ideas? Because we don't have power over it. Did you know what gives power over Satan? Praying and fasting. Many church members in our average Baptist church in America probably has never fasted. Many of them have not. Some of them have and they'll say, well, did you know I got so many health issues that I think what I'll do is I'll leave this off and leave that off. And Amen. You get hungry when you fast. You have to give up something that you have to keep you going. And most of us don't want to do that. 
Now, this is not the message. I didn't even come tonight to preach on that. The word fasting come up. It's right there. So I give me the open door. That's why I like to preach Bible verse by verse. I didn't premeditate this and plan it. This is in my text. I done told you where the text was. He said, then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Now when the man of God and his, his safety and his welfare becomes the means of causing the king to fast and pray, that man of God has some kind of bearing on him. Then it said, neither were instruments of music brought before him. He cut out his music. I don't know what they had in that day, but they had music. So what kind of music did they have? Well, he had the king's music. I don't know what kind of music it was. But the music's been around all these years. And he didn't even want it that night. And then the next thing was, and his sleep went from him. How many of you have not slept at night concerned about spiritual things? Concerned about how you can't make your automobile payment, your house payment, your insurance. Now those are things that will keep us awake at night. But how many of us have been up at night praying for a loved one that we know if they died before daylight, they'd be in hell? Understand? Now listen, I didn't plan this message. I done got sidetracked off of what God done give me. And I'm hoping I'm still going to be able to give you what God give me. Verse 19. Then the king arose very early. Had a little old lady today. Well, a little old lady. She's a young lady. A young lady. And I went up to her and told her I wanted to get a chicken breast to take home with me so I eat for supper tonight. And she said, what are you going to do? Eat it after church? I said, oh no, I'll eat it for church. I don't want to go to church and preach on an empty stomach. Amen. And she said, well, I ain't going to go to church tonight. I said, you're not. She said, no, I'm too tired. I've been here since 5.30. I said, ma'am, I got up at 4.30 this morning and I'm tired. Myself. But I'm going to church. What she told me was, I don't want to go tonight and I ain't going. She didn't say it in them words, but that's what she said. That's what I took it as. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste. Amen. He wasn't dragging. He went. Under the den of lions. Now, I'm going to stop right there. My text is in verses 18 through 24, and I'm going to stay within that realm. 
But I'm going to stop here and I want you to look at verse 19 again and look at the three words of the finish of that verse. You want to read it? Somebody read it. Two or three of you read it. What? What does it say? Den of lions. Have you ever noticed, and I've said this before, mentioned I ain't went into the details of what I'm going into with tonight. Have you ever heard people say, I, I, I like that story of Daniel in the lion's den. Every time they tell you that, they are not telling you the truth. God did not put Daniel in a lion's den. He put him in a den of lions. There's a difference between them two. Can I explain it? Or do you already know what the den of lions and the lion's den are? Do you have a doubt of maybe getting them together? If it had put him in a lion's den, it could have been a den of, it could have been an empty den where there was no lions in it. And that wouldn't have brought nothing to God's praise and nothing to God's glory. Because nobody gets hurt in a lion's den if there ain't no lions. So God had them to put him in a den of lions. That means there's at least two. I'd imagine there's more than that. But when it said a den of lions, I looked it up. It says den of lions every time. I want to show you how many times it's mentioned in this one chapter. I want you to look at it with me tonight. I pray that the Lord might help us with it. And it's mentioned in, and the den of lions is only mentioned in this one chapter of the entire Bible. Reckon why God put it that way. Reckon. You want to, you want to really stand out and make extra points tonight and tell me why? Let's look at it. Let's go to the first place. It's found in chapter number 6 and verse number 7. It said, All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man, for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. That's number one. You got to remember in your back of your mind too, and I've said it several times in studying Daniel, that Babylon had all kinds of gods. It had hundreds of gods. Just like America. America's gotten so many gods it don't know which one to serve. And the one they don't serve is Christ. Amen. You said, what did you eat today? Had a good meal. Look at verse number 12. In chapter 6 and verse 7 it says, Then they came near and spake before the king, 
concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Second time. Notice it's wrote the same way, den of lions. It's a den that's inhabited by the lions. Now go to verse number 16. We'll find the third time. Then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Wrote the same way. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. I'm interested, I didn't mean, I meant to look this up and forgot it. I'm interested how the NIV and all the others, and I don't have those things, but I can look it up and find out what they say Daniel went in. You little old NIV lovers, do you remember? Amen. I'll guarantee you the perversions will have something different. I don't know how many of them will. Some of them will. That's the third time. There's a difference between the den of lions and the lion's den. You got it? You understand it? I'll look at verse 19 uh, now. Chapter 6, verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste under the den of lions. That's the fourth time it's mentioned. To the den of lions. He went early. And then the fifth time, if you will, is, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. Where'd I get? Ninth. All right. Yeah, 19 is the fourth time. The fifth time is in verse 24. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions. Now I'll be back at this verse in a little bit. Them, their children, and their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. That's five times. By the way, what is five in the numbers? Grace. God mentioned it five times in the sixth chapter. Nowhere else in the entire Bible is it mentioned. And he's saying, Daniel, you come out of the den of lions by grace. Don't tell me numbers don't mean anything. I want to show you another little thing in this same chapter. Let's go back tonight. Let's see. Let's go to what, what verse? Let's go back to verse 20. The Bible said in verse 20, And when he came to the den, the den. How many times is the word den mentioned? Nope. Just see now, I won't give it to you because I know you don't know it. And when he came to the den, he cried with the lamentable voice unto Daniel. 
And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Dens mentioned one time in chapter 6 there. All right. In verse number 23, it's mentioned the second time. Then was the king exceeding glad for and for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. Second time. So Daniel was taken up out of the den three times. And no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Three times now. And go down to verse 24. And the king commanded and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den, and I'm not counting that and with it, of lions. Them, their children, and their wives, and the lions had mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. How many is that? Four. What's four stand for? World. God has given a testimony to the world that it's by grace that Daniel's come out and the world needs that. Amen? Praise God. And the word den is mentioned one more time in the Bible. Just the word den itself. It's mentioned in Amos chapter 3 and verse number 4. And that makes it a total of five times. Four in Daniel to tell us that God's saying to the world, it's by grace I delivered Daniel. And he tells Amos, mentions den again, and it's by the grace of God that we all received his touch. Now let me stir you. It may not. And that's all right. Now let me just mention something else about the den tonight. That's not the only time den's mentioned. It's not the only time that uh, the den of lions, well, it's, it, it ain't it, other places talks about, and I'll just give you the scriptures. Let's just look at it from the time that is mentioned. Let's go back to Psalms. There's a lot of things I want to show you tonight and want you to see. I sit over there and meditated on the Lord and God got the blessing of me and I got to shout and have myself a time. It gets, it, I'd like to have church service over my house every once in a while. Amen. Praise God. You think I'm crazy here. Go to Psalm chapter 10 when there ain't nobody there that looks at me down their nose and look like they're staring me in the face like I don't know what and where you're talking about and where you're coming from. I don't have that at the house. The Lord don't do that to me. I don't know why. Matter of fact, He's the one that's showing me all this. In uh, Psalms chapter nine, ch chapter 10, and let's look at verse 9. 
He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. What I'm going to show you tonight is a den. People go to some of the church dens. They're dens. Nothing but bad comes out of a den. I'm going to show you that in the Bible. <laughs> God has never told us to go crawl in your den and stay. Dens where boogers are. Dens where things that's not good are. First of all, you can jot this down. It can be a, a, where a, in this den where a lion is. Now let's move over to Isaiah chapter 11. I started just to tell you these and go on, but I think you see it better when you look at it face to face. Isaiah chapter 11 tonight. Isaiah chapter 11 and verse number 8. The Bible says, And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the winged child shall put his hand in the cockatrice den, snake's den. Now this is going to be in the millennium when they can do that. The kingdom. Nobody can do that now. Well, we got lions in the den. Got snakes in a den. Have you ever heard of found a den of snakes? You hear what I'm talking about tonight, saints? A den ain't a place for a child of God. I'm giving you Bible. I'm not talking about what I think. Now turn over to Jeremiah chapter 7. Of course, you wasn't expecting this out of Daniel either, was you? Amen. You didn't expect anything out of the Word of God. It's a big book. And it'll have no contradictions. John or Jeremiah chapter 7. And let's go to verse 11. Is this house which is called by my name a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I, behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. Now he's talking about where they're going to church. And it's a den of robbers. That ain't good, is it? Amen. All right, now let's slide over to chapter 9, 11. Jeremiah 9, 11. I like them 9, 11s. Sometimes I'll just go through and find a verse or something like that and i look up every one of them. John 3.16, I just look at all the 3.16s. Amen. When you ain't got nothing to do but fight your wife or fight your husband, just start doing something like that. Get out all that junk out of your mind. Jeremiah 9.11 said, And I will make Jerusalem heaps 
and a den of, say it, dragons. And I will make the cities of Judah desolate without an inhabitant. I'm showing you what the dens are for. Cockatrice, robbers, lions, and dragons. Look at Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 22. The Bible said, Behold, the noise of the brook is come, and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate, and a den of dragons, he says it again. Amen. I don't even, yeah, I had never seen a dragon in my life, but I wouldn't have one for a pet. And if I had heard he had a uh, den down below my house, I'd be moving. Daniel chapter 6, we're going back to that to read you. And I'm just telling you, I done showed you the den of lions. I won't read all of them again. So he talks about the den of lions. Now I want to turn to the New Testament and show you that it's in you, it's used in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 21. Let's read it. Matthew chapter 21, and here's where I'm talking about our churches are like this. God said, oh, they're worshiping on Wednesday night. Glory to God, I'll bless them. You wonder why we don't get blessed sometimes? We went to the church for the wrong reason. Matthew 21, 13. Matthew 21, 13 says, And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. He turned the tables upside down and run them out. Whipped them. What do you think he'd do if he's back today? Matthew chapter 11. Let's see. No, not Luke 19, 46. Luke 19, 46. Get there in a minute. I ain't going to get down my text. Luke 19, 46 says tonight, saying unto them, it is written, my house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. I got another place, but I don't have it right here. I know it's not right. But it's mentioned three times in the New Testament. Let me see if it's something. I think I wrote it down wrong. And if I find it, I'll give it to you. Not, I'll give it to you later. No, it's not there. But a den of thieves. Everywhere you find a den, and and I'll give you all of them in the Bible. It's a bad place. It was bad for Daniel, but God delivered him. You thank God for that, don't you? Now, would you turn back tonight to Daniel chapter 6?
I just want to throw this in at to you. I'm already through, but I want to throw this in to you. Everybody's got different Bibles in here. They're all King James, I hope. They might not be the right King James. Because all King James ain't right. He said, ain't you already told me that because you can't believe the first part of it yet. How many of you have headings above your scriptures in Daniel chapter 1? I don't really care who, who does and who don't. That's not important. It's not imperative. Does somebody have a, like chapter 6, and then right under chapter 6 has got a little heading there? Has anybody got that? Some of you don't have that, do you? Some of you do, don't you? Okay, well, that's, well, and that's not going to help me there. That's trying to give you what the pages are. You see, let me give you this. Some of you have so-and-so's study Bible. Some of you have another so-and-so's study Bible. And some of you else carries somebody else's study Bible. I carry a, a Schofield Bible, so I have the notes of Schofield in my Bible. See, I Schofield. I do have a version of a Schofield Bible that don't have the notes in the middle. Don't have the footnotes at the bottom. But they do have the headings. Now what are you saying that for, preacher? This, this. If you go by the headings of these Bibles, you'll be confused when somebody else tells you what theirs says. I'll tell you this tonight. God did not inspire the preacher's notes that he put in his Bible that he published. I don't preach the preacher's notes. I used to rely on what C.I. Schofield said because that's what I started off from. And most preachers said, if you don't have a Schofield Bible, you need to get you a right Bible. Have you ever heard me say that? Why? Because I don't like everything Schofield said. I don't fool with him. He is right on some things. He is wrong on some things. When he is wrong, he is wrong. When he is right, he's right. But I've got enough foolishness in the world that I have to fight to figure out what's right and what's wrong that I ain't got time to try to figure out who wrote my Bible and tell me where it's right or wrong. But I do know the Scriptures He's got are right. And some of you don't even have a Bible that would correspond to the one I've got. And I think it's the closest thing I've got. It's been out longer than anybody else's. Let me just find a verse of Scripture and let me just throw this at you and then I'll come back to this and finish this and I'm going to go home. Amen. i tell you what, it's, it's been a strenuous thing tonight here. But I've enjoyed every bit of it. I uh, want you to see, turn to 2 Timothy, hold your place there in chapter 6. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 3.
I'll give you time to turn there. 2 Timothy chapter two, verse, chapter 3, verse number 17. Chapter 3.16 says, that's what I was telling you about a while ago. I like to look at these 3.16s. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That's for what's right. For reproof, what's not right. For correction, how to get right. And for instruction, right, how to stay right. That's what the Scripture's for. It's for them purposes. But verse number 17, Paul tells Timothy this, that the man of God may be perfect. That means mature. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. How many of you got a word instead of throughly, T-H-R-O-U, it's T-H-O-R. How many says thoroughly? Anybody? You looking at it clearly? Spell it. Alright. All of you got that? Huh? If it said, don't, I mean, you don't know. You don't, I'm, I'm telling you. If, if you don't know and you don't know you got that, I'm telling you what to look for. Thoroughly. Did you say Thoroughly. Thoroughly. Yeah, truly and thoroughly is different. This ministry down here started off, I, had, I used to type in every verse of Scripture that's in our tracks. And I'd make mistakes. I hate to say it, but I'd make mistakes. Typing on a keyboard, you can get something messed up in a heartbeat. And so I'd send it out and somebody correct me and say it's wrong. And I'd look it up and I'd say they're right, it's wrong. So I started getting uh, Bible programs. Check all your Bible programs. I'd check Bible programs and I, I, what I want to do is copy and paste. So then I'd find one and, and I'd see it and it'd say that the man of God may be... Uh, Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And I'd have to take that and throw it away. I wouldn't buy it. But I've got one now, and it's hard to find them going on the computers right. But then I, I've got one now that I have to trick it to go on the computer. Because they won't update it. And that's how I copy my scriptures from the computer now. No, I've got them right. Now, going back to Daniel chapter 6, mine says at the top of the chapter 6, right before the verse, first verse, it says, History of Daniel to the Ascension of Cyrus. Anybody got that? It may say something different. Down between verse 3 and 4, it says, The decree of Darius. Now, I, I didn't preach that when I come through. I, I could care less about the decree of Darius. Unless the Bible said it, I'm not going to preach it. Then down between verse number 15 and 16, it says, Daniel cast into the lion's den. That's wrong. See, I Schofield's wrong in my Bible. 
It was a den of lions. Then between verse number 17 and verse 18, it says the delivering God. Have any of you got any of them things in there? Well, see, he's different than the one that wrote yours. Now, they didn't write the Bible. They can't. Then in verse, between verse 24 and 25, it says the decree of Darius again. So what I'm trying to tell you, and the reason I mentioned that tonight is, don't be paying attention to the headlines of what your Bible says unless it's the Scriptures. I don't let God be true and every man a liar. Now that's, somebody says, that's splitting hairs, preacher. Call it what you want it to be. But I'm particular about my Bible. Amen? Amen. That's why now, uh, years ago, they'd have said every tub sits on its own bottom. And I said, praise God. And I'd get up every once in a while and say, every tub sits on its own bottom. But one day it dawned on me, where's that at? And I looked it up, and I'm still looking it up. I can't find it. It's not there. Spoil, I mean, spare the rod and spoil the child. Don't say it. So I said, if you spare the, the rod, you hate us, your son. That's what it says. Amen. All right. I've kept you some overtime tonight. Appreciate it. I want you to get this stuff. My job tonight is to tell you what's right. And I count it a joy. And as long as I can say and speak, I'm going to do it. It may not be popular, but I'm going to do it. It might get down to where I can't do nothing. But you see, one thing about it. Years ago, preacher said, what if they don't hear me? I'll just go out and start me a church. But I don't do that. I'm too old to start a church. I'll just get my microphone out and preach all day long and send it out on the web. Surely somebody will listen to me somewhere. Amen. I'll find another nut somewhere. Amen. Praise God. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for the privilege of prayer coming to the house of the Lord. Thank you for the Word of God. It's been a help and a blessing and a strength and encouragement. I pray, God, that we'll take it to our heart, use it for your glory and honor. May your name be lifted, exalted, magnified. We will give you the praise. Touch hearts and lives. Help us to leave here with a clean heart, clean soul. Doing the following after the will of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Girls, come on.